Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. The gang is all together again, ladies and gentlemen. The gang gang is back. Uh, I didn't get a chance to ask, who do I thank for the coffee? Oh, I, I told you, we don't talk about it unless it's Paul the Buy, so we're not talking about oh, it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> it's a coffee. You know, it's a coffee. <laughs> Welcome back, Paul. You had a good week last week? I did. I took my girlfriend away for her birthday. We went to Montreal. You're still time. together? <laughs> <laughs> well, my visa took a beating, though, that's for sure. I'll bet it did. It's, it's not cheap to go out, is it? Nope. You're no, the no. reason for inflation. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it, okay? I gave her a shopping spree for her birthday, and she shopped. She shopped. <laughs> Did she find a guy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, are uh, home values up or down along the LRT? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? For the longest time, you wanted to buy along the LRT. <laughs> now I don't think no. anyone's even going to use the LRT. But I do like when Mayor Sutcliffe came out and said that uh, phase three is not going ahead until they can fix phase one and phase two, yeah. which is awesome because they need to fix that before they start spending more taxpayers' money. Yeah, forget phase two. Let's just get phase one going Well, first. that's <laughs> it. Let's just fix that. And then, you know what? It's 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 a shame they didn't um, use someone who actually knew what they were doing. Like, go to the London Underground and, and, and get the tube system, like, get the guy who organized or the girl who organized that tube system to get here to do ours because, God, have they failed on that bad. Yeah, it's one of those seemed like a good idea at the time. But when it works, it works great, right? I... Took it last Saturday, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, again, when it works, it's beautiful. I mean, it works really, really well. It's a clean train, very clean train, very smooth. But unfortunately, it's uh, been down probably as much as it's been up in the whatever three years it's been running. So hopefully they can figure it out. I'd like to think that they'll be able to figure it out at some point. It's, but- it's a great idea. I mean, you take a look at the bigger cities like the Chicago's, the Toronto's, the, you know, the L.A.'s, the London. I mean, you go to London. I mean, I lived there for four years. You don't want a car. Like the tube, yeah. the tube system is so brilliant. You don't even need a car, and you don't want a car. You can get anywhere you want to go really quick. Yeah, New York is no different, right? New York, I mean, yeah. I mean, New York, you you take the subway, and listen, the concept is good. I think they forgot to kind of consider what our winters are like, and so you would think if there's if it's down during the winter, well, we kind of accept that we're Canadians. Hey, the weather's brutal. This is not a reason to be down right now. That's the no. problem. This is where they lose confidence. If it happens because there's an ice storm. We can we can understand I think as, as as Canadian taxpayers, but when it happens like this, no, not well. When you're leaving the house, you want to be able to get to where you're going, and you're never sure. And, yeah, and, and listen, I, I love the idea, right? I mean, the idea now, of course, with COVID hit, no one was no one was on the road. That's so the we other didn't, problem. We didn't need it, right? And now but, nobody's working downtown anymore. Well, yeah, I was t- telling you guys this morning. I heard this morning on the radio. I can't remember if it was on CFRA or, or wherever, where, wherever. Must have been. Must, must have been. been. That's all been I listened to is the CFRA. <laughs> but I heard that there is eight hundred million dollars of unused office space right now going to waste in Ottawa in Ottawa insane it's insane like uh, you don't need to get me started about the people not going back to work because that's that's like Frank talking about gas prices and oil prices it gets his blood boiling yeah you think everybody should work from home right yeah no it drives me nuts I think it's so disrespectful to employers no I just think that I think what bothers a lot of company owners and is the entitlement that people feel like they should be allowed to work from home without considering what the companies are going through and, and the fact that they've 
sign leases and they're committed to those spaces and they want to put them to use. Not to not to mention the fact that you want your teams to be together at some point. Like if you're working from home, everybody's individual and there's it certain kills. jobs. Yeah. That that you as a team you work much better well, and for much more efficient. Especially it really culture. is yeah. culture. Yep. The biggest thing in an office is culture. That's what people want is culture. Yeah. And when you have people working from home and not at the office, it kills your culture. Yeah. It just kills it. Yeah. There's no feeling of belonging. And, and, no camaraderie. And, no team. And, and no teams team. doesn't do that. And no. And Zoom <laughs> doesn't do that. It's. But you tell me, you tell me, and then people say, you know what? I'm more productive at home, and I say <laughs> that's bull crapola. You are not more productive at home. You're you're screwing the pooch way too often. I'm know? more productive after a few drinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I would say that there are some people that work more at home than they do because, but but again, those are those workaholics that you have in the office. They're no different at home. I mean, they work just as long, and they'll start earlier. They'll do things a little later uh, after five. And you tend to work more days too. You'll well, do things on Saturday. You'll do things on Sunday. Personally, during COVID, now it was busier, but I worked longer hours during during the COVID that we were at home than I did when I went to the office. At yeah. least the office, I was able to say at 6 o'clock, hey, I'm going home for supper, and I shut it down. Where during COVID, I yeah, I'd shut it down, go eat, and then right back up in the office and start working again. A little different so, when you own the company, though. I, I, I get it. <laughs> I, but at the same time, I mean, I, I, I just think that there's other people that, that did the same thing as I did. And you know, the real estate went through what the first three or four months during COVID. It was there was nothing to do because yeah. nobody was listing. You couldn't go see a house, but then it ramped up, and then it got crazy. And I think Paul, the first probably eighteen months, you were okay with working from home because there was so much uncertainty out there with the disease and everything that it was okay. Yeah, it was a different but time. Yeah. As we get back to normal, I think I think what bothers a lot of people is the fact that you know we're back to normal, so we should get back to the way it was before and yeah. maybe we shouldn't have to adapt. And and you know what? Totally. As, as long as the metrics are there, then sometimes I'm a little bit more flexible. But if, if we're down on certain things, then I have no flexibility whatsoever. Get yeah. back get back to the office and fix what's broken and let's get working harder. And hey, the good news is we're up in housing starts. Did you see those numbers? No, I didn't. Unbelievable. Mostly in Toronto and Vancouver, though. <laughs> no, here. Well, here too, but the, there was a big chunk in Toronto. 12085 yep. last month compared to 4820 in May. That's great. We need that's, housing starts. huge. Yeah. I, I'm starting to see a lot more building around Ottawa now. Everywhere I'm driving now, I'm seeing towers. I'm yeah. seeing building. I'm seeing I, – I just – I hope I've said this before and people – all the time. Like, I reheard shovels in the ground. We need shovels in the ground. And I think until we get more homes, we're still going to be in trouble. Like we're still under – we're still under uh, four thousand listings on the market right now. Here we are in July. You know we're. But now this is like the deadest time of the year, usually, isn't it? Like third week of July, well, apart from Christmas. I think. I think that. Well, it, it, and you never know. You never know, right? I think what we've seen over the last two or three years, going through COVID, not being able to vacation, not being able to do a lot of things, being locked down. I think summers are a little bit slower now because of that. Uh, you know, in 2017, 18, 19, no, summers were still pretty robust. But, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, a lot of my team are on vacation right now. Realtors take vacations. Consumers take their foot off the gas in the summer. They go to cottage country. They go on vacations with their family. Um, so it's usually you're going to see a little bit of a slower summer. In the last two or three years, we've seen a very slow summer. Yeah. <laughs> very slow summer. So if you want to get in before the school year. Oh, you got to buy now. You got to get on it, right? You got to get on it. I mean, we're only what forty-five days away from school starting, and that's hard to get into that house. I mean, you're yeah. basically you're setting yourself up maybe to close in the middle of September, end of October, anyway. So, oh, and, and what we're seeing right now is that the part of the market that's a little bit struggling now is those move-up homes, mainly because the people with the first-time home buyer homes 
no one's buying them, right? Because the first time home buyers have taken themselves out of the market yeah. with the interest rate hikes. So if no one's buying those, how do those people sell to move up to the next one, right? And there's there's some communities. I mean, I talked that we're, we're listing starved with less than 4,000 listings on the market, but there's some communities that are flooded with homes, certain types of homes on the market, and they're just not moving at all. So it's it Across all, Canada, executive homes are moving like crazy for some reason. Like higher-end homes? Yeah, very, very high-end. Well, you, you got to look. I guess at they it. got the money, right? <laughs> Who cares? I don't need a mortgage. Well, a lot of them don't need a mortgage, or they have a small mortgage. Or oh, wow! If my mortgage went up by five hundred bucks, it doesn't really affect me. So yeah, you're going to see that happening. Uh, but we're starting to see, even though we we do have the prices on the incline, there's some areas that are a little bit stagnant, and some areas are dropping a little bit. So we're it'll be it'll be an interesting let's say next four, five, six months to see where we end up here in Ottawa. Still, the last I read, they said home prices are going to go up eight percent year over year. By the end of the year, we're supposed to be up eight percent. Do you see yeah. that? Well, keep in mind we started the year at six ninety one. Right. So you say up by eight percent, you're adding another what forty, fifty thousand dollars on that six ninety one. So they're going to be at around seven forty, seven thirty. We're only at six forty-five right now. So I know, I, I, I know. So I, and this is a recent article that I, I read. Well, that's probably an article potentially that was written or constructed before the rate hikes. Because if you would have asked me this before the rate hikes, I would have said, "Meh, we're going to be up a little bit, but not maybe not eight percent." But since the rate hikes, there's no chance that's going to happen. Speaking of which, what happens September sixth, Frank? I know it's too early to tell, but what's the what's the word on the street? They've well, the word a, on the they've street. They've got a pause, right? So believe it or not, I mean, there's these. Uh, these websites that give percentages of what the chances are. Uh, as of Thursday, it was 79% chance that they were going to leave it flat and 21% chance that they were going to increase it by a quarter point. And so, who, where do these numbers come from? From well, economists? No, no. These are uh, ba- basically what they look at. As statistics come out, they kind of change those odds. Okay. So, so retail was up, but very, very, very minimally. Very right? little. What was interesting is the inflation report came out this week at 2.8, which is well yeah. within that 2 to 3%. But then you dig a little deeper into it, and that's where you have some concerns because because gas came down. That's the only reason yeah. that the inflation number came down, and you know here's the government boasting about the fact: look, we've got it; we're the best G seven country. But uh, as much as gas is important, less Canadians are traveling, so I think you know they can they can make up for that. What Canadians can't do is not eat, yeah. while food prices are up nine point one percent. What Canadians can't do is 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 have shelter costs go up. Well, shelter costs are up thirty percent because the interest rates. So, well, they say really gas is down, it, but I saw dollar sixty today. Like it seems but, uh, the same appa- to me. Apparently, it was two hundred five at this time last year. Really? Apparently, that's what they're saying. In for June a very of, brief period, then. in June of twenty, and I don't know. I got an electric car, so I don't keep track anymore. But uh, I think uh, if you want inflation at one point nine percent, you'll lower the price of grapes. Oh, or cherries. That's or it. cherries. Or, I went or got watermelons. I went oh, my, got, my, girl, my girlfriend wanted grapes the other day for her son. I went and got grapes. They're thirteen ninety nine. I was like, are you serious? That's insane. Yeah. Thirteen ninety nine for grapes. Yeah. And, gee, how much of a grape is water? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But think about, think about, so now inflation's at 2.8. Uh, we've had the gas prices come down. We've had the food prices still elevated at 9.1, which doesn't correlate because the reason that they said the food prices was up is because the cost of transportation to get them everywhere, but now that cost of transportation has come down, and yet the price well, now of food it's is weather. still up. Now it's weather. So now they they're find, blaming everything else yeah. because they're always finding a reason to keep their profits nice and high. Because once you get, again, you need to understand the way the corporate world works. If you make a certain amount of profit, there is never, ever going to be a goal that's set lower than that, regardless of what the economy is. The yeah. goal is always to set it higher. So they're not going to drop the food prices like everybody's thinking because they just won't do it because they like their profits where they are. But what's really bothersome right now is the fact that shelter 
is the is one of the biggest components of why the inf- why the inflation it's come down, but it could be in that two percent radius that they want it to be if shelter wasn't there. So the problem is that shelter is going to continue to stay up because for another six months, at least anyway, until January, which is when he finally stopped raising prime for five months, yeah. four months. So. So we got another four or five months of the inflation number probably being higher than it should because of shelter cost. Higher than they say it should. Yeah, and where I don't they, know where why. They want it. And I don't know why two percent's the number. I don't know That's why three exactly percent can say, be yeah. the new number based on What's today's wrong with world. Two point eight. Let's just move on and move on, <laughs> and let's say okay, let's start to lower interest rates so that Canadians can start to afford living comfortably. When you read articles like I have this week of. Of you know, single parents that are making seventy thousand and having a hard time being able to make ends meet. Seventy thousand is a decent salary for a single yeah. person. Not in today's with one world. Child. No, no, but uh, it yeah. should be. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. It should be a decent salary for you to be able to afford your rent, yep. be able to put food on the table, and live comfortably. Maybe not get a whole bunch of other extras, yeah. but at least be able. But people are saying we're struggling at seventy thousand because thirty five percent of it has gone to taxes before you even. And by the time you start adding everything else that that we need and our necessities in life today, there's no money left well, over. So that's a struggle. We got a lot, we got a lot of gouging too. A two two years ago, my Orleans office snow plowing was four thousand dollars. Last year, because of diesel the way it is, was ninety one hundred dollars. Yeah, it'd I just, be interesting to see I what it is this year now. Ten thousand. Yeah, no. I said diesel's gone down. Yeah. Well, I charged nine last year. It's ten this year. Yeah. Got to go up, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Once, it's there. Once, yeah it's once there. it's there. Yeah. Once it's there. Once once that target is set, it's not going down. It's only going to go up. Yeah. Absolutely. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. This will be a positive segment, Steve. We're not talking about... So we're not talking about real estate or mortgages. (laughs) Okay, the positive, and again, there's always positives. Customers are coming up for renewal. I... And I listen to them, and the conversation never starts off well because they're coming off of 3.29... And now they're in the mid fives. So that never goes well to begin with. But where the tone changes a little bit is when I say to them, when we did your mortgage five years ago, your property was worth 400. What do you think it's worth today? 600. Then, oh, my neighbors listed it for 650. I said, 200. Think about that for a second. I get it. It's going to be painful for the next five years if you take a five year fixed. But think about this you went up $250,000 tax free in five years. And there's no way that you can discount that. Yes, it's painful right now, but look at the bright side. You're up two hundred fifty thousand dollars in five years in your equity. So, well, just in the last three years, we've seen the average sale, not including 2023, but in 1920, sorry, in 2020, no, sorry, 1920 and 21, we've seen the average sale price go up eight point four percent, nineteen point nine percent, and twenty two percent. That's what we've seen. So it's wow. so I mean, you've you've accumulated, like Frank said. So even if it's Flat. Even if it goes down a bit, you're still way ahead. Way up. And we'll never, we'll probably never see this again. I mean, if you look, Ottawa historically is anywhere between three and 5%. Five five is a good year. Five is a great year. But, you know, we're in, in between three and 5% every year is, is, is comfortable. Some years we're one and 2%. And, you know, other years we're seven or 8%. But to go up 199 and 22% back to back years is unheard of. I mean, that's just unheard of. You know, 50, we're going up about 50% in three years. 
which is crazy. It's insane. Yeah. And variable rate mortgages for 40 years were the best thing. Yeah. It's just the last 12 months, it's been painful. Anybody in a variable rate mortgage last 12 months, you know, just bad luck. But why it are really the short-term is. mortgages so high now? Well, we've got inverted bond cycles right now. So generally speaking, when that happens, uh, that means we're, we're on the cusp of a recession, which we've been saying for six months it's supposed to come. But, you know, people like Paul who go spend big money on a weekend like he did last weekend. He screws it up for all of us. He does. He, yeah, he messes yeah. it up. Like just Paul is the reason that inflation is not going to come down. You mean, you mean, hold on. You mean Petra. You mean Petra. <laughs> oh, Petra, Petra okay. was the reason. Petra, yeah. She, she, she forced Petra. my credit card out of my wallet. <laughs> no, no, but. But there's still some spending happening. That being said, you know, like you said, the retail sales have have, have certainly calmed down a lot. Yeah, they're pretty flat. They were up, but just very, yeah, very low. They're pretty very flat. Low. Pretty flat. Pretty flat. It'll be interesting to see. But I still go to restaurants that are jam packed, which is crazy. Uh, but then you also walk by some restaurants that are really struggling right now, and and you know they've got very very. Or shorter hours, they just can't get people. Well, they close at 9. I mean, you used to be able to go to a restaurant yeah. at 10, 1030 and still grab a meal here at 9 o'clock if you're, the kitchen pretty well closes because they just don't have the staff to do it. So, And no one's opening early anymore. Like, I, I tried to go to a bunch of stores the other day, and I was there at like 930, 940, no. and everyone, every store opened at 10. You know, when, since when did... Because they're all working from home, Paul. Yes. <laughs> they worked the first two hours from home, right? Yeah. yeah. But commercial real estate is another thing we can talk about. I mean, this is where... You know, it's going to get ugly again because unless, like some people on commercial mortgages, sometimes you're in a variable rate mortgage, I am. which means you've already paid the price, but your lease is your lease. If, if you can lease to tenants that's got another three years left on it, you don't get to raise the rent no. because they're locked in, but yet your costs have gone up tremendously. But for those that took fixed rate mortgages, if those mortgages are coming up for renewal now, this is where all of a sudden they're... They're going to have their walls to the back or their back to the walls because their leases, again, are likely still in place, yet their costs have gone up tremendously. Yeah, my, my commercial mortgage is 8%. It's insane. 8%. It's, and and what, what was it when you got it? 3.85. Yeah. Wow. 3.85. It's gone up to 8%. It's just like. And so, again, the, commercial values have gone up too. So, you know, you looked at your property, what you paid for it versus yeah, what it's worth today. Yeah. It's gone up too. But Well, but so that, far. But yes. that doesn't help you. On the day-to-day events, yeah, it and that's, and that's the struggle. Flow. So that's where Canadians, yeah. you know, that are coming up for mortgage renewals, they've got to adjust their focus and maybe not be so aggressive on the amortization, increase their amortization for a short period of time for the next five years, just so that they, they can continue to live the lifestyle that they want to, and then be more aggressive, hopefully five years from now when the interest rates are back. It's a reasonable territory. Imagine the Frank weekend Petri would have had if the interest rates were low. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um, you know, you talk about those commercial mortgages. It's uh, And I've talked to two or three different commercial agents and says, where is it going? Because I own all my commercial offices. And I'm like, where is this going? Am I just going to be stuck with this? And there's two trains of thought. There's, there's the train of thought that um, – there's a train of thought that, yes, I'm going to be stuck with this commercial real estate as all these people decide not to go back to work and they don't need the space anymore. And then there's others that say, no, employers realize that they were jamming people in like sardines and people aren't comfortable anymore with that. They want more space. So some people are actually grabbing more space. 
I personally, I'm usually very positive on everything. I probably think it's the the first one I mentioned. I think there's a lot of people that don't need the space anymore. And so I think there may be a glut of commercial real estate on the market coming up, if not already. Yeah, but your buildings are the perfect size because somebody that would buy your building is somebody that would say, I don't need as much space and go a little bit smaller. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky in my Canada office because I have two buildings, right? Yeah. Like I have two, two, two sides to side. I have new look eyewear in there. Uh, my Orleans office, it could be subdivided and I could, you know, have different offices and different businesses in there. But yeah, you're right. I'm not stuck with a, a government it's, downtown it's tower. It's the high rises yeah. there, yeah. But I said at the start of the show, $800 million in unused space right now. And I'm, I'm going to say, I mean, I don't know, but I'm going to say, I'd say a majority of it is in downtown Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Downtown Ottawa, as the government, you know, isn't going back to work and there's all So what do we do with these buildings then? Does it cost too much to convert them to condos? Someone will. I mean, we're already seeing office buildings downtown on Rideau that are now student housing. We might see them t- turn into dorms. Um, you know, even hotels. Hotels aren't being as used used like they used to be. I mean, they're so friggin' expensive. But some of these hotels might turn into university dorms or something like that as well. Expensive to convert them, though. It's very expensive. Very expensive. But, you know, someone will see the use for it. But, yeah, but we, you, might see, you might see some of these buildings turn into condos, for sure. Hey, when was the last time somebody walked in and asked you for a rate guarantee, Frank? Yeah. We're doing them now. Seriously? Because the reason we're doing rate guarantees is because we've seen rates go up over the last two months. So we paused it for a little bit, and now we're seeing them again because, again, we've seen rates go up. Now, again, so here's an example of the craziness. And I, um, should, we, know, should we hold that thought till we yeah, come back? Yeah, let's hold it because I, I, I think I, I want everybody to hear what the headlines are from these business papers on a day-to-day basis from one day to another. We'll talk craziness with Frank when we come back. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. We've been waiting, Frank. We've been oh, yeah, waiting have, and yeah. waiting and waiting with bated breath. All right. So these are the the uh, what I read on a daily basis, and and sometimes what these um, what these financial papers will do is they'll put their headlines for a week. So they'll say, "Here's our top five headlines." So this is um, this week on Monday. The mortgage market isn't sending the signal home buyers need on affordability. On Tuesday. Bond yields climb as investors await fresh economic data. On Wednesday, bond yields fall as investors weigh global inflation outlook. <laughs> On Thursday, bond yields rise as investors consider economic outlook. So that's that's what's happening in the world today. So, so no one knows what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on because <laughs> it changes from and, – and like total opposites from one day to another. And an example is the inflation rate came came in lower and yet the bond yields went up. Well, it's not supposed to go that way. It's supposed to go if the inflation comes in lower, the bond yields come down. But instead, they went up 15 basis points the day after. There's no rhyme or reason behind it. There really isn't. So how do you figure the future then? How do you, you, how you, know, do you, that's how why do you forecast? We used to have some confidence. I, you know, I, I, I used to be fairly confident and say rates are coming down, rates are going up. I, I can't do that anymore because common sense is out the window and other factors come into play that, that it happens so quick. All it takes is one report to come out on something and everything changes 
on a dime. But like, investors jump much quicker than they used way to. Way quicker. Look at banks now are starting to pay interest on savings accounts because yeah. they're being forced to because the public is saying – because they're seeing that the public is now taking money out of bank accounts and putting it elsewhere. Yeah. So the banks are saying, uh-oh, we're starting to lose yeah. all this money in. So what do we got to do? We got to increase – Interest. We got to entice Canadians to keep money in the bank accounts. Otherwise, they're going to take it elsewhere, but, which they are. But with the, regardless of those headlines, it's almost impossible to predict what's going to happen. Anyways, I mean, like for the longest time, get into variable, get into variable, get into variable. Everyone jumps. Forty into, years it every, was the best choice. Everyone jumps into variable. Look what happened to variable, right? Yeah, it, but it, they, we were told it was going to be safe for into twenty twenty four. Yeah, I know. And even the market, like, it's hard to know what is going to go on. And people are like. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to sell now. I'm going to wait till spring 2024. What's the market going to be like? I don't know. Yeah. But we can all agree on one thing. Real estate is a safe investment. 100%. It's a safe yeah. long-term investment. Does it come with some risks at times? Of course it does. I mean, you know, but there's risks and everything. But the one thing we can say about real estate is that if you hold it over a long period of time, you it, will get some wealth from it if you do it properly. Yeah. If you refinance every five years and always go to the limit – well, then you're not building any any equity in it. But if you start with a 25-year amortization, 10 years from now, you know, you're down to 15 years, more than half your mortgage should be paid at that point. You've built up a lot of tax-free equity in the home that you live in. And so I think that that's the foundation to me is still, real estate is still the foundation of your financial plan and your retirement plan. So again, I, I have people that call me all the time and say, Frank, I'm retiring in eight years. My mortgage is 10 years. My goal is to be mortgage-free. And now I say to them, why? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with having a $100,000 mortgage on your $900,000 home at retirement? At that point, again, as, as stupid as the rules seem to be, if you're a first-time home buyer at 30 years old buying your first home, you can only have a 25-year amortization. But you can be 65 and you want to refinance your house, 100000 you get a 30-year amortization. It doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. any sense, but you can do that. So if you really want to stay in that home, there's nothing wrong with keeping a $100,000 mortgage and amortizing it over 30 years because you still have $800,000 in equity. So your payment's not going to be that big to carry a $100,000 mortgage. So don't don't stop your life for the next five years just to be mortgage-free. It doesn't make any no, sense. No. And we've always said real estate's a long-term play. You know, if you bought in uh, January, February, March, or April of last year – yeah, you're you're probably a little bit underwater with your house because you bought because you bought in the prime, so it's very disappointing. For and sure. that was another anomaly. If that you, was if t- you bought then right at the peak. I mean, yeah. that just didn't happen two years ago, three years ago. You look over the last five years. If your mortgage is coming up for renewal now, not only have you made so much money, but you paid down a heck of a lot yes, of equity. Did. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so don't. Don't be disappointed if you bought at that time frame uh, because it, it is going to bounce back. You know, it's a long-term play. I mean, if you have to sell, then yeah, you probably not going to be happy. But if you don't have to sell, it's okay. It's a long-term play. And think about it. Even if you bought at that time and you bought at this really, really high peak, most likely you also had to sell to buy and you would have sold at that peak as well. So you, you've probably made good money there. So I, I wouldn't panic too much if you bought in that time frame because we will bounce back and you will eventually be up above water. So if you bought three years ago and you need to get out of your mortgage, the penalty should be less now, right? Well, you're two years. The problem is if you bought three years ago, the rates three years ago were, you would think that three. 2.89. Yeah, 2.89. So now the fact that the banks are are selling them at five, you would, logic would say that you would be three months penalty. But again, depending on how the calculations are and what the posted rates were at the time versus what the rates are now, (laughs) your penalty could be surprisingly a lot more than you expect it to be. It should be. Logically, it should be three months' interest because if you're you at 2.89 yeah. with two years left, 
and a two-year rate today is at six percent. The bank's lending it out at six. For what reason do they have to charge you more than three months' interest? Because they're making three points on lending that money yeah. back out yeah. on a two-year mortgage. No, so no, no, Frank, it you, makes no sense. You probably don't know this answer, but in the states, how do they do the penalties there with those thirty-year mortgages? They have set calculations, and again, each lender is different. But they have, you know, some of them could be six months' interest if okay. you break it early. What's happening in the states, which I don't, you've got a lot of real estate agents. People are less likely to move now, the ones that have the – because there they have 30-year mortgages. So yeah. they lock in for 30 years at 3%, and today it's at 7%. And if your mortgage isn't portable, I believe that some of them are, but some have restrictions. If you took the lower, 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 lower rate, then they take away the portability. So if you do one of those, then all of a sudden you're not enticed to move because you can't take the mortgage with you, and there's no way you want to be paying 7%, so you just stick it out. So I think this is where we'll start to see some – um, some volatility within the real estate market in the U.S. because some people will want to move, but they're not going to because it doesn't make any financial we're, sense. We're seeing we're seeing that now, and it's happening usually in some of the luxury markets. So when you look at the Californias, the Floridas, and all that, some of those luxury markets where they're, you know, yes, some of them have some wealth down there, but you know, if you your average sale price is you know two, three, four million dollars, I mean, you're probably not making a ton more than maybe someone here. Yeah. But so they're they're in these mortgages that are probably mortgaged to the to the hilt, and they're in these. 3% mortgages, and now they're going to be in a seven and, and a higher priced home, they're just not moving. And that's what we're, some of the agents that I know from those areas are, are complaining that they're like, there's no movement going on at all because no one wants to move out of their house because of the rates. And the other place where, where you're going to see is for people that want to go down south and rent a house for three months or four months of the winter months, significant increases <laughs> in, in what it costs to rent a house today. Because, again, the costs have gone up in the States and somebody that may have renewed their mortgage. Because you could get a five-year mortgage in the States. Most people take the 30. But they also offer shorter terms like five-year. For us, five years is a long-term. In the U.S., five years is a short-term mortgage. Must so, be more expensive. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a search, actually, with an agent in, in Florida right now. And the rentals? Crazy. <laughs> Outrageous right now. Uh, well, like I'm looking for something very close to the beach, right? And I'm getting condos and small little apartments for like – Five grand a month. Yeah, oh, that's cheap. Insane. Well, no, I'm t- a little condo. Yeah, yeah it's still condo. cheap. Yeah. Why didn't you buy property in 2008? Oh, I know, I know, I know. Why didn't we buy property here in 2019? Yeah, no kidding. Right. Yeah, my yeah. old my old real estate coach. I remember him telling us this story. The house that he bought was on the market for 14 million dollars the year before. He picked it up for 2.1 million, and a oh, year, back in 08. A, a year later. You got just missed the timing. You got it down considerably, but a year later it was worth a million. But now, now it's now, right it's, back, now yeah. it's probably worth five, six, seven, eight million now. But it's still, you know, if he had to if he had to sell at that time, but imagine being on the market for fourteen million and picking it up a year later for two point one. Hey, why is the bank charging a penalty at all when they can make more money off that money now? Really? <laughs> it's the you bank, Steve. That? You just you just asked that question. Really? Because <laughs> they can't. You see the deer in the headlights? Yeah. Look, I got <laughs> profit. Yeah, but they you're can. still making profit. Because they can, they can make more profit. Because they can. Because it's part of the contract that you sign at the bank when you get your mortgage is that you will pay them the difference between the higher of three months interest or interest rate differential based on the way they calculate it. So if, if you got a mortgage at 2.89% three years ago yeah. and their posted rate at the time was 5.89, let's say, they give you a 3% discount. So what they're doing now is they're saying, okay, so today's three-year mortgage two-year mortgage rate, if you have two years left, is at 5%. It's at 6 So, 
and it's a three, so they subtract the three, and it's a three. So that's where you're going to get away with the three months interest. But when that gap is more, they'll still charge you the interest rate differential. So what's the posted rate now? Six five four. Little uh, higher. Depends. Depends. Uh, every bank. Normally, the banks are together. Now I'm finding the banks. There's gaps between them. So. So here's the problem: if you get a mortgage, a five year mortgage today, and in three years you need to break that mortgage, and rates have come down, you are going to pay a fortune in penalty. A little bit better than it was three years ago, and I'll tell you why. Because three years ago, the posted rate would have been five and a half, and they were giving you two and a half, so it was a 3% spread. Today, most banks are, their posted rates are at six, eight, nine, but they're giving you five, eight, nine, so they're only giving you 1%. So at least the penalty itself will be more reasonable. It's still going to be crazy, but not as crazy as it was two or three years ago if you had to break it. But if you go with an alternate lender, you're only paying three months' interest. Well, the alternate lender's three months' interest, and most alternate lenders will do a one- or two-year mortgage. So the whole purpose – you know, I, I just did a mortgage. So I've got a client who built a double, wasn't able to sell the second so uh, the second unit, so I ended up renting it. I've done a mortgage for him. His, he's got people that want to buy the unit from him. But because they committed to another house that's being built, they have to wait for that one to be built and then sell it, and then they're going to buy his. So we got him a one-year mortgage, and it kind of makes sense for him because now. What was the rate on that? 609. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, a little bit higher than you can get but on. But for his circumstances. But for his circumstances, yeah. it makes total sense. Total sense. So short-term mortgages are more expensive, but again, depending on on your circumstances, they might be the better way to go. And depending on where you see these rates going, I mean, I, I would hope in a year from now we're down. They should be. In the threes. look at the headlines. Yeah. They well, should be. It would be nice but if we're down know. in the threes. And so maybe taking a one-year mortgage and biting a little bit more interest than you want might be the way to go. But it's a gamble. I mean, it is a gamble. show of hands a year ago, did you think rates would be this high? Nope. nope. Not even close. Not exactly. I never thought Bank of Canada would raise 1% in one yeah, in one like and 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 then three, three quarters, quarters twice. another time. Yeah. yeah, but then saying that last year at this time when the rates were were already gone up, but not I, much at I, this time. But I thought we were going to be on the downhill as of now. Like yeah. we're still rising. Like our last two was a rise. I thought we were going to be. I thought we're done in January. So I, honestly, everybody did yeah. pretty well. Everybody said, "Okay, there they paused. We're good now. Now we'll go through." And I expected for the most of this year to be rates staying flat and then maybe coming down the second. You know the, the fourth quarter. Well, and that's, but, but now it doesn't look like any decreases are happening until well into twenty twenty four. Well, we ended the year average sale price of six hundred ninety one thousand. By the end of January, we're at six hundred and twelve. As soon as the rate announcement came out that they were remaining constant, we've gone up every month since. So that's all we need. We which, just need a couple months of just. Which, by the way, rate. bothers Bank of Canada. You see, Bank of Canada liked that they came down in January. They don't like that they went up since they stopped. So now, that, yeah, they want people to stop buying. Yes, they do. They're trying to shut down the market. I get that, but you know, when I say they went up, they went up to six twenty three, six twenty nine. Yep. Now they're up six forty six. So yep. I mean, but Toronto had a couple of really robust months. I think yep. in April and May, and that scared them a little bit. And listen, yep. what happens in Ottawa? Is, it's important, but it's not as important what happens in Toronto and, and Vancouver. So, so what are these increases going to do in July now? What's the market going to be like? I, I, You know what? I don't know where we're going to be. I think we're going to be up. Our average sale price will be up compared to last year. Um, sorry, last month. But I don't know how much. I, I think that last rate increase kind of slowed things down a little bit. And it's uh, not that we were on this gravy train, but it was – it, the market was starting to rebound, and you know it, there was a lot more optimism in the market. That second rate hike last or this month kind of just 
It's not the dagger, but it doesn't help, right? It's not the dagger, but, you know, it's it's really loose on that balloon. There's air yeah. leaking out of it, put it that way. Yeah, but people were saying, again? Really? They yeah. just went up again? And that's like, why we needed... We were done. That's why we needed a couple months of just stagnant, yeah. like, no yeah. rate like, increases. Let's call it the take a breath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Our final segment. I can't believe it. Already. God, that was quick. Goodness. Let's go to the phone and say hello to Lynn in Ottawa. Hello, Lynn. Hi. Good morning. Uh, uh, Anyway, I heard uh, Frank a while ago talking about, oh, some people only need a $100,000 mortgage. Okay. I'm in the position. I'm a senior, senior. I would like to get out of the place I'm in and move to a smaller community with a little bungalow. Mm -hmm. But the possibilities of my not getting enough for my place, which is totally mortgage-free, it has been for over 40 years, um, there's a good chance that it would cost $100,000 more. I don't want to deplete what little TFSA and and, uh, small retirement fund I have left would I still qualify to get a mortgage? So if I only if I have a seven hundred thousand dollar place and I only need a hundred thousand. Uh, generally, yes. Uh, traditionally, through a traditional lender, it's all based on your income. So you've got presumably pension income. Exactly. Uh, you're a junior, senior. You said or senior, senior. Senior, senior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so you're probably getting a couple of pensions, right? So we would use those pensions to calculate what you qualify for. Uh, again, for some people, it's more about, uh, and you can amortize it over thirty years. You, you know, re- yes, regardless okay. of your age, they, uh, no lender can discriminate against age. So, um, mm-hmm. so you can still get a thirty-year amortization. Some will come back and say, "Well, we think they should only do 20. and I'll say to them, "You're not discriminating, are you, against age?" And then all of a sudden, you get the thirty-year commitment. So, um, well, when when they're only on the hook for a hundred thousand out of exactly hundred, it's not really it's not really a big challenge for them. On any level, does a line of credit work where you're only paying well, interest if you don't want to, if you're not caring about paying that. off the hundred thousand? Yeah, the, the problem with the line of credit with prime rate being elevated the way it is is that the cost is higher. So you know, prime rates at seven point two at the bank, so you're generally getting prime plus a half. So you're at seven point seven, where where if you took a mortgage, your rate would be in the five. So, but you're only paying you're only interest, paying interest right? on that. But again, is that your goal? And again, this is where where we would sit down and analyze your application, and then make some recommendations as to which which might be better for you. But at the end of the day, I would say it's the client that dictates what what's better for them. Not I. I can make some recommendations, but exactly. you might be more comfortable saying, you know what, I don't mind the thirty year amortization. I'm okay. That if I pass away and I have a house of seven hundred and I owe eighty five on it, I'm okay with exactly. that. Exactly, that's what so. I was thinking. And what I, what I could possibly do it with what I've got left in savings, but I don't want to leave myself. No, you shouldn't of anything that to get along on or unforeseen things that come along. Nor should happen. you. I never. I, I always say to clients, you need that backup plan. You need to have something to fall back on. The last thing you need yeah. is to be living paycheck to paycheck and struggling and stressed out over whether you, you have enough money to make payments or whether you have enough money to eat. That's that's Boy, unheard we're, of. We're all missing the obvious here. If you list with Paul, you don't have to worry about that 100000 <laughs> <laughs> Paul will get you more money for your house, find you a nice bungalow, you'll be even. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
My problem is I have a niche house in the property that's a hundred year old, hundred and plus year old century home with a lot of acreage, and it's not something that a lot of people want. But maybe somebody does. I bet it's beautiful. I love there there is there definitely is an audience for that. But like she said, like there's not everyone's looking for all that acreage right now, and and not looking for a century home. But um, you know, there's there is definitely an appetite and an audience for it for sure. Okay, well, I, I kind of confirms what I thought. Just as a, a bit of interest, I actually totally agree with Frank about saying once the prices start going up, they never want, they'll never put them down no, because no. they're too comfortable with the money they're making. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, just as a point of interest, when we got our mortgage in '77 in the country, it was a little, a little bit more than anywhere else, 11 percent. It went up to 22 in five years. And we renewed at 17, and that's when I determined, okay, I'm paying this sucker off. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. are that high. And it's been mortgage-free for 40 years. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. You've done very well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Congrats. you, Liz. That answers my question. Thank you. Thank you. 22%. 22%. And you know what? The people who were paying that back then must look at these rates right now and go, this is a joke. These yeah. are so good. Yeah. I worked yeah. in the bank in the mid-80s as a teller, and we would have lineups on the first of the month for people to update their passbooks because they want to see how much interest they made. Because back then, even on your bank account, you were getting 11 12%. So anyone that had eight, nine, ten thousand bucks, they were getting a nice, healthy interest. When was that, Frank? A passbook is an actual book that you used to bring in. In the 80s. (laughs) In the the 80s. 80s. I think my mom was changing my diaper at that time. okay. She's still changing uh, her diaper. I was, I was ten. A different I was ten. Now. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Steve. Steve was around when you used to go into the bank, and they actually had a, a bank passbook, but it wouldn't be typed in. The person would write. I, you know what? You're, you're actually right. I know you are. I, I know. Yeah. How old you I don't are. know about this passbook thing you're talking yeah. about. So, so give an example. Uh, TD Bank. My my dad who passed away a couple of months ago, but about a year ago, he, he goes into the bank and they take away his passbook, and they say, "Nope, you got to get statements." What statements? To, to older people, the bank book really verifies how much money you have. Yeah. If you don't have that bank book, you're stressed out. You think yeah. the bank is taking your money. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to go back in for him and say, give him back his passbook. Like, yeah. you, you're not doing that or we'll move banking yeah, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. So, But uh, crazy. <laughs> All right, birthdays. Birthdays. Uh, Kyle Miller, uh, Jackie Grinnell uh, celebrated their, celebrating their birthdays this coming week. And uh, Brian Mason had his birthday a couple of months ago, but uh, – He's uh, the big five zero. He's with the lender, Strive Financial, and uh, wanted to wish him happy birthday since I didn't do it a couple of months ago because I didn't know about it. Now I know about it. So. There we go. Wow. I have two things. I have uh, one of my newer agents, very good agent, uh, Raj, celebrates two years with the company today. And uh, one of my amazing agents, Tim uh, Finley, he has his birthday tomorrow. And Tim is the partner of the wonderful Dora, who allows me to do her show every once in a while. And the, the two of them together, probably the one of the two of the best agents in the city. Awesome, awesome people. And they still get along. It's amazing. (laughs) Dora and Tim are two of the best agents in the city, in my opinion, and uh, I just want to wish Tim a happy birthday for tomorrow. I'm putting money on Dora making him a lemon pie. Oh, probably. Is is Tim big with the lemons, too? (laughs) (laughs) Dora will be cooking up a feast for sure tomorrow. Paul at paulrushforth.com. Frank N. at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. And please continue to support local businesses and charities.